Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Timmy time with the UCF Knights. What can we expect against Villanova in week three? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I'm your host, Sean Green. Before we get started, as always, a quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL, college football, and more at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on stats, news, and odds. From week one all the way to college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Tyler Karen joins me. We're going to try to get him on every week. If we can get him on every episode, we will uh, because he brings a lot to the show. My voice is almost back to normal. You can kind of still hear it just a little bit uh, from last week. It's taken a long time to get back to normal. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. You guys are seeing this on Thursday. And the game's on Saturday. So we're right there. There's <laughs> Tyler, a lot has happened over the oh, last yeah. <laughs> week. You would think that the sky would be falling. Uh, but it, it seems like it's still intact. But how are you doing? Um, I, I don't know if the people know, but you're the savior of this season. Because <laughs> uh, you wore Colton Boomer's jersey on Saturday night. Um, and you would not shut up about it, which I respect it. I didn't want you to shut up about it uh, because I think you were the reason that he went four for four and made the game winning kick. But uh, how you doing and how are you feeling after an 18 to 16 uh, UCF victory? Man, uh, a, a win's a win. There were there were things to take away from that game, both good and bad. The best thing is that UCF has a reliable kicker once again. Uh, we went through rough stages over the last couple of years where we have numerous kickers cycling in and out. One game, it's one guy. One game, it's another. So I feel that everyone feels pretty good with a sophomore 19-year-old Colton Boomer. As far as the, the jersey, I, I think I was the only one in downtown Orlando wearing a Colton Boomer jersey. I was kind of – I was out at the bar, but it was a tight-knit group at the bar that we were at there were maybe 20 of us there the game was on sound games on um it was almost as if we locked the door once me and my group got there so it was pretty much like we were in someone's living room out at a bar but when that final kick was going up i took the jersey off me and one of the bartenders were holding it up just (laughs) praising it to the light next to the tv and just kind of swaying it like an american flag we're all just pledging ourselves to this guy um yeah, busy couple of days in the UCF world, a JRP injury and in sports world with Aaron Rodgers tearing his Achilles on his fourth snap as a New York Jet. So been a lot to talk about in the world of sports the last couple of days. Yeah, I was telling you off air. We tried to get the pro football doc on yeah. our show this week. Uh, he should be coming on next week, which grateful we can get him on the show. Uh, but of course, the Aaron Rodgers injury happens 
the day before we're supposed to record. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. We wish Aaron Rodgers nothing but the best. We wish GRP nothing but the best. But very interesting times. I mean, we talked about it on In the Zone, right? How John Rice needed to start sliding. Obviously, you know, the fans in our comment section, we love you. But sometimes I'm like reading through and I'm like, he tried to slide. It, it, it wasn't pretty. Uh, you would think a baseball player knew how to slide. I think he knows how to slide. It was a delayed reaction. He gets hurt. You know, I've heard from a couple people. I said this on your guys' show too. Listen, I'm not sitting here acting like I have source, uh, like a bunch of sources and I, you know, talk to 10 people within UCF football. But I've talked to a couple people that are definitely within the know uh, inside the building. And the vibe that I am getting, again, I don't know the injury. I do not know. They did not give me a timetable. The vibe I am getting is earliest would be Oklahoma. That is the earliest. You have that bye week right before Oklahoma, so it gives you a week to kind of assess the injury, see where we're at. And then Oklahoma week, you kind of have that whole week of practice to see, is he healthy? And if not, you kind of are on a week-to-week basis. I know in college football, Tyler, and we can talk about it a little, how there's no injury report. Coaches aren't going to come out and tell you, hey, It's a torn ACL. He's out the season. Now, granted, if it was a torn ACL, he probably would tell you. But we're not going to hear, oh, it's a two-week injury, right? In regards to John Rice first, we'll get into Timmy and Villanova. But in regards to John Rice, I think he was kind of on a course to really prove a lot of doubters wrong, especially half the UCF fan base, it seems like. How confident are you, regardless, we don't know the injury, but how confident are you when JRP comes back to kind of keep that ball and chain rolling and kind of show what he was showing in that Boise State game? The composure, sitting in the pocket, making some very accurate throws. How confident are you after this injury that he can just keep it going? Yeah, I mean, I was, he did everything that I asked him to do last week when I was on the Boise State preview pod. He looked calm in the pocket. We saw progression from him. Uh, the Boise State defense wasn't exactly pressing on outside guys, so he was able to hit his first option a lot of time, but putting the ball on time, on target, the turnovers in the first quarter in the red zone, I mean, he put it in the hands of, was it Javon Baker who just didn't come up with the catch and it led, or Kobe, and it led to an interception. So that's not on JRP. Some of the mistakes that we saw JRP making uh, in the Kent State game and all of last season – Seems like we're emphasized going into week two. I credit Hinshaw for that. I think he's been pressing him about it. Uh, With the injury, it's all going to amount to, is he going to be able to get back healthy and confidently the same? You know he's going to be rushing back as soon as he possibly can. It's how he's wired. He's a competitor. He wants to be on the field and not on the sideline. This is an injury that... It could have been worse, and he's lucky. The UCF community is lucky that it wasn't worse. He needs to take his time coming back from this. At the end of the day, with a guy like Timmy McLean, who is a capable backup, will be able to carry this offense through the next couple of weeks. UCF might still lose games, and they're games that they might have been, they might have lost anyways, even with JRP. So take his time to come back, get healthy for Oklahoma. So then UCF can make that late season push to potentially a big 12 title game or just fend for the best possible bowl game that we can get. But again, at the end of the day, it's going to come back to, he needs to be able to play 
without having that injury in his mind. Every every cut, every step, every drop back in the pocket, he can't be putting extra attention on that knee because it throws everything else off, it rushes him, and it makes him frantic. Yeah, definitely don't rush him. I mean, I get – now, I don't know for sure if UCF fans or if you, Tyler, know and lighten me down in the comments. I'm pretty sure this is his last year regardless. Like, I don't think if he plays less than four games – I'm. I don't think he can come back and play next season. Uh, so there might be some, you know, try. If he's not a hundred percent, him kind of pushing and saying, "I want to play." If this is last season of college football, but you have to, you know, kind of be on that cautious side and say, "Listen, don't throw him out there if he's eighty percent." Because at the end of the day, fifty percent of his game is the electric side of John Rice Plumley. And you kind of got to hone that in, especially when, let's be honest, it's not like he's looking to slide every play. And especially after getting an injury like that, I think there might be some mental of, do I want to slide with my leg right here? So again, not knowing much after that, we wish JRP the best and, and hopefully he comes back uh, healthy and, and all good and plays like the normal JRP that we were kind of growing accustomed to. But let's talk, I mean, we're going to talk Villanova. But because I don't think a lot of the people watching this or probably going up to game time uh, know much about this team because I think everybody's just focused on Timmy McLean. And we're going to give you that Timmy QB1 content right now because Timmy's QB1 for the foreseeable future, at least for the next month or month and a half, right? I think UCF fans, Tyler, know Timmy McLean very well. You know, we brought him in as a transfer last year from USF, lost the starting job to Gary Bohannon, and he went right to UCF. It was not even a question. Obviously, from Sanford, Florida, had a rough year at USF. Uh, Got thrown in there, didn't really have the offensive line to be able to, you know, compete with some of the best teams in college football. They were 2-10, and I think, um, with him as a starter. And I think Darren Hinshaw said it he needed to learn how to play quarterback at UCF because there was so much improvising, which is what makes him special. When plays break down, it's kind of like John Rice. When a play breaks down, you could do something with it. But with Timmy, it was so much improvising because so many plays broke down and, you know, he had some good receivers, let me tell you, but the offensive line was, it was not very good. So the stats don't tell you the full story. I mean, he threw for just under 2000 yards, had five touchdowns, seven picks, he got sacked, Tyler, 23 times. That's what I was about to touch on. I mean, uh, wow, 14 times in the last three games of that season. That's that, impressive. That's awful. He's a magnet at USF in that offense. Yeah, that's it, that's pretty bad. But I think what I look at, like, you know, I don't look at QBR for him because, again, that doesn't tell you the whole story. I look at, like, the rating. His ratings were pretty good in every single game. Like, you look at the stats, and again – Stats usually tell you the full story, but when you watched USF games, you know that they don't. Um, I would implore UCF fans, if you haven't watched many games of Timmy McLean and don't kind of know what you're getting into, the two that really come to mind, obviously, are the one against UCF. I think, again, USF played horrible, but Timmy, on that last drive especially, made a lot out of nothing. And if we're being honest, if the refs would have you know, kind of knew he put his knee down and rushed the clock and maybe they spike it. Who knows? Maybe USF wins that game. But 
the other game I would say is against BYU. They lost 35 to 27. Timmy kind of had he had a really good game. I mean, if you want again, offensive line was awful. I'm gonna say it 50 times. Plays broke down consistently. BYU was the number 15 team in the country at the time, and he was making plays all game long. So, Tyler, if you are you if you're talking to a UCF fan that is maybe a little hesitant, that maybe is viewing this as Timmy is not really good. They're just, you know, they got forced to throw him in there. I've even seen some put in Dylan Risk uh, fans out there. Uh, kind of what would you say to some of those some of those UCF uh, fans that kind of are a little hesitant on Timmy McLean due to his past at USF? So I'm not going to sit here and say Timmy McLean is a savior. He, he is going to fill the role just as good as JRP is and even better than JRP. He's not JRP right now. He has potential to be one day. He has the running ability to be. As a passer, we haven't seen him with a fair chance. And that's the overall message of this is we have to give this guy a fighting chance to prove himself to UCF fans, the Big 12 community, and to the college football community. So he has a ton of talent. Like Darren Andros says, he just has to learn how to – he hasn't been coached to play quarterback well at a college level period had good success in high school but at a college level thrown into a usf offense that was terrible the offensive line probably one of the worst in the country that year 14 sacks in the last two uh three games six versus uh ucf that year who two years ago ucf's defensive line not a ton to write home about some solid guys but you know, Josh Seliscar, one of the remainder, the remaining guys from that group. But it's not like we are an elite defensive line and linebacker unit. That line was just terrible. So give him a fighting chance. The good news for him is, and I, I asked you about this on In the Zone the other day, he has enough skill players around him. This is the best offense that he's ever been a part of, the best offensive line he's ever been a part of, a plethora of receivers and Kobe, Javon, uh, Xavier Townsend, a non-factor in the last game through the air, but that first game we saw what he he did. He sparked that whole first quarter. That whole first drive for US or UCF was all Xavier Townsend. Then the backfield with guys like RJ and Johnny and Demarcus Bowman, he's just got a roulette of options that he can go to. So this week in practice, it's going to be figure out who he meshes with the best. He's had a training camp and offseason uh, to – be fully out there with the guy. So you already have an idea. So then it's what is Timmy's strengths that weren't necessarily JRPs. We're all going to see it over the next couple of weeks, starting with Villanova this week, and then just figure out what works for him. He, there are going to be things in this offense that he is better at and that he thrives in, but we have to give him the fighting chance in order to see it. Question. Cause we've been hearing from Darren Henshaw when people said, what do we need to know about Timmy McLean? And he said, the first thing he said is his deep ball and him and Gus Malzahn both said it. His deep ball is really good. Like he, he throws a good ball, but if you watch USF game, like again, you go back now, granted that was two years ago. Like we're going 2021. It's now 2023. He's been at UCF for going on a year and a half, two years now. Do you think that's just coach speak to try and kind of, you know, tell the media or give the media some good one-liners to get fans being like, okay, calm down? 
Because again, we were hearing that about John Rice too. How again, we're going to be throwing a lot more vertical passes. The vertical plays are so good right now. Where it's really exciting. Do you think that's just trying to continue the message that UCF is trying to push out this offseason of Timmy throws a great deep ball? Or do you think it's, you know, pretty accurate? Like that's that's his best quality trait is he can throw a good deep pass. I mean, me personally, I wasn't at any training camp or practices this summer. So I Nobody can't was. speak from right. I can't speak from what I have physically seen. And we're just gonna have to wait and see. I think you see I think Darren Henshaw has been able to make adjustments to that offense this season. Um, compared to last year and compared to the passing attack as a whole, the play call, I think we've already seen it. And Timmy's going to have a chance, especially versus Villanova, who that secondary is going to be a beneficiary to Timmy compared to the Big 12 defenses that we will see coming up here. It's going to be a good game to put Timmy McLean on full display. He doesn't have to score every single drive. He's allowed to make mistakes Versus someone like Villanova, you're allowed to make those mistakes. Versus Baylor coming up here in a couple of weeks in Kansas State, that's where your window for mistakes slams shut. And one bad drive can determine the entire game. He's going to have numerous chances to prove himself versus Villanova, work out the kinks. It's kind of like a preseason. We saw how in the NFL, how, and this could be by chance, it could be actually be something there. Look at Joe Burrow. He was awful week one. He didn't play in any preseason. He's coming off an injury. He needed to work off the rust. We're not going to see less than 100 passing yards every game from Joe Burrow. This can be a preseason game for Timmy McLean where he works out the rust, get through it. It might not be pretty, but luckily you're playing a lackluster opponent. You can afford mistakes and then put the helmet on, strap it up, and get ready to go the next couple weeks. And I do think, like, we did, we have seen Timmy, right? We saw him against Kent State. And I think in those two drives, listen, first of all, I don't care about the opponent. Yes, Kent State was basically like a preseason game, but Kent State played really good against Arkansas. I watched that game just because I was curious, and I'm like, is Kent State really just that bad? And they gave Arkansas and Travis Williams, you know, run for their money. They were playing them hard. So, you know, credit to UCF in that sense. But, you know, we saw Timmy McLean in two series, two touchdown drives. You know, the stats, again, won't show everything. He was like three for five for 53 yards, ran for a really nice run. But I think the most important thing is if you watch him at USF, the RPOs and the run pass options, there was a little bit of uncertainty. Again, freshman, red shirt for true freshman quarterback coming into the game for a power five program. Sometimes he made the wrong read. He would maybe pull it one time when he should have just handed it off and vice versa. In those two drives, Tyler, it it did look pretty solid in how he navigated the offense. And again, I know, guess what? After Villanova, if he lights him up for 400 and three tutties and, you know, runs for 100 yards, we're coming on and we're going to be like, watch out, uh, K-State, because, you know, Timmy McLean's coming in, is going to hand you a loss at home, right? But I do think that progression two years has a difference. I do think coaching staff has a difference, right? He was getting coached by Jeff Scott. No offense, but not the best coach in the country. You're under a really good staff. You have a good offensive coordinator in Henshaw who has played the position, can really teach you. I've already seen the differences in John Rice's game. So for all the UCF fans that are a little hesitant, that aren't as confident, at the end of the day, like Tyler said, you got to go into the game with an open mind and 
have it be like view it as a preseason game, even though I'm going to be honest, Villanova is pretty impressive. I don't care that they're FCS. I, I could care less. They put up points. So it's more on the defense to kind of, you know, live up to what we've been hyping them up to do. But it's also on the offense to continue that trend. Uh, even though I have seen people that were saying how awful UCF looked, even though they put up 530 yards of offense. But I guess we're not going to get into that argument at all. Um, all right, let's go into Villanova, Tyler, because I'm going to be honest. A lot to like out of the Villanova Wildcats this this season. I mean, first of all, if you look up Villanova Wildcats on ESPN, you get the basketball team, which makes sense. So I have to look up the stats I had for the football team because they've scored points. I mean... I was kind of shocked. I've kind of been checking them out the last couple weeks just to get an idea of who they are as a team. I think last week, if I'm not mistaken, their quarterback, Connor Watkins, only threw like 13 balls and he had like 400 yards or something like that. Eight of 11 for 310 yards, two touchdowns from their quarterback last week versus Colgate. So, I mean, that tells you everything you really need to know. Um, Eight completions, 310 yards. So... Kind of when you hear that, Tyler, you hear I don't care. Again, FCS, we get it, right? We understand. What does that tell you in regards to the defense? I mean, I have been very cautious when it comes to our DBs. I think they played a great game against Boise. They didn't let anything deep. You know, they obviously Genty was the one that kind of was the problem for Boise. But if you're the UCF DBs this week. What's the message from Addison Williams knowing, listen, it's a lot of deep throws. It's a lot of 50-50 plays. It's a lot of misdirection, trying to get you to kind of play the run, but then throw it deep. What are your messages to the defense this week against an inferior opponent, but a dangerous one nonetheless? So that's where I, I watch the highlights and pretty much it was a 30-minute highlight video um, of the Villanova game versus Colgate last week and some things that I noticed. So they run a ton of option in RPO. So they put a lot of trust in their quarterback in um, and Connor Watkins, he has the ability to run the ball. I don't think he's the best decision maker. Uh, he had 10 rushes for 15, 10 carries for 15 rushing yards uh, last week versus Colgate. But like we said, eight of 11 and 310 yards. He has an arm on him. My message to the UCF defense is I don't think they love – Villanova loves to do those mid-range and short passes. They don't have the skill players and the playmakers to get away with it. Where they can be dangerous is if you you don't convert on first tackles. If you give them broken tackles, especially if we're telling safeties and DBs to lay off a little bit, give them some space because they want to go deep. If they do uh, give you a quick hitter and we can't wrap up guys, which has been an issue that we've seen in UCF defenses over the years, that's where little plays that should be two-yard gains can turn into big gainers, get confidence going for a strong-arm quarterback that wants to find the end zone. So that's the most important thing is broken tackles will be the Achilles heel of this UCF team this week. Based on how we played Boise State last week and Taylor Green – kind of dual threat quarterback but I don't I don't think passing the ball we haven't seen a great passing quarterback we don't know if Watkins is going to be a great passing quarterback but he has the numbers to show 
that he can let that thing fly. So look out for the deep ball, convert on first tackles, do not give them any light. You have to stomp on them. It's very interesting because against Lehigh, right? His stats don't tell the whole story either. We're two games in. Obviously, last week is one of the weirdest stat lines because he only had eight completions. For It was almost like Madden. It's like my Madden stats when you're just throwing the deep ball every time and you have 300 yards of offense or 300 yards passing after eight passes. Against Lehigh, I mean, he was 13 of 23 for 119 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. So again, like I'm assuming Lehigh's defense, even though they got blown out 38 to 10, is a little bit you know, better against the pass. When you look at the rushing, I mean, I think the rushing is where things start to get a little interesting because like you said, they do a lot of teams now in college. It's a lot of shifts. It's a lot of motions. It's a lot of RPO to try to get defenses to guess. The rushing attack, again, it's more of like a two-headed between Jackson and Barley where, I mean, not too many carries when for the first two games, like only 37 carries on the ground for them. They've got another guy, this Io Derjajaye or whatever. His he's got. I'm not even gonna try. I'm I. I'm sorry for mispronouncing your name. 15 carries for 58 yards. So clearly they've been trying to get him going in certain situations. Hasn't been working out very well in terms of average. But it seems like Jalen Jackson is the the guy. Um, Connor Watkins, you mentioned the rushing. You're right. He does make poor decisions. Last year he was 16 touchdowns, 11 picks. So I think my message to the defense this week is put him in tough situations where he's kind of forced to make some crazy throws and you're going to get some some picks like those guys that are just waiting to create turnovers he is that type of quarterback he's going to kind of go into a crazy environment one that probably Villanova isn't really in very often and he's going to throw you some so as long as you kind of come down with them you're going to be fine uh talk about the rushing attack Tyler like obviously again it's never good when you're going up against one of these teams, regardless of who they are, because again, they make your eyes go many different you know ways. Luckily, last week, Halani was out. So it was really only mm-hmm. Genty, and he killed UCF. So what are the challenges when you have a guy like Jackson and Barley, who I'm not going to act like we know them more than Genty, but when you have a two-headed running back monster with any school, and also a quarterback that knows to run the RPO, regardless if he makes good decisions or not. How can that be detrimental to UCF this week against Villanova? I think, again, it comes, it starts off with making that first tackle at the first level of the defense, at the first line. If you let Jackson and Barley get through in both of their first two games this season, they've both broken out a run for longer than 25 yards. You look last week versus Lehigh, Jackson went for 66 yards. He had eight or that just on one play, eight carries for 144 yards and two touchdowns in the game. Barley, 11 carries for 102 yards and one and a touchdown. One of them being a 33 yard run. So these are guys that are able to find space. These are against lackluster defenses per se at that level, but they're still guys that are able to find space and make something happen and. and uh, if you give them room. So that's where broken tackles will be the death of UCF. If there is a way that Villanova keeps it even somewhat competitive this weekend, it's going to be, I think, because of broken tackles by the defense and letting those guys get out free, get in space, and make UCF look silly, honestly. Yeah, and I think it wasn't thrilled with the run defense last week, which – 
you know, I'm not going to say it was too concerning, but especially when your defensive line is supposedly your biggest strength mm-hmm. causes for a couple question marks. Um, ending the offense, I think you have really, again, we're not, again, we don't act like we know them too well, but we have watched certain tape on them. Um, Pringle and Sanchez, uh, Rajon Pringle and Jalen Sanchez are kind of their two, ha- two receivers. That's pretty much all they got. Uh, they have 208 yards, 153 yards, and the next guy only has 22 yards. So it's basically two receivers that you're going to get, which again, plays into probably you have a lot of blocking up front on the offensive line uh, to help that RPO. So not too many receivers. They probably do two receiver sets most of the time, Uh, but it'll be interesting. I mean, I think the defense has a lot to prove this week against uh, regardless of the opponent, an opponent that's been putting up points. So if you can hold the, We'll go into our predictions, what we think, but if you could hold them to less than 20 points, regardless of the opponent, like I said, I mean, that's a pretty solid week for the defense. I will say fun. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Here's another quick thing about Villanova and what I noticed last week. They are terrible inside the 10 yard line. They had three different situations last week where it was first and first and goal on the inside the 10. Three different times, three straight rushes right up the butt of their center. They just want to pound it in, and they don't necessarily have that pounder from what it seems. All three of those times, they ended up scoring, but on third and goal. And two two of them were from the one-yard line, and they did the same thing, just hand it off to the running back, try to create the space, and they the defense stopped them short. And they, these defenses, Sean and I could have played – like you and I could have played on these defenses, as <laughs> it seemed. So Yikes. that's where – you throw a Lee Hunter, you want to try to run up the gut in the red zone. If you get there and you meet Lee Hunter, you should send any of those running backs 10 yards back. Yeah, it's not going to be fun for Villanova. I want to get that. I, I think <laughs> like I, I want to make our fans very clear. And, you know, for Villanova fans, I apologize. This is a we can say our prediction now, but like we're me and Tyler both have a win. This is supposed to be a very clear tune up game. We're glad we got the win in Boise because now we have a relaxing week where we can really just, you know, talk about what needs to be improved before a really tough matchup against K-State. Um, let's end it a little bit on defense. I mean, I think the funny thing I was going to say is, and again, didn't watch the full games of Villanova, but they had a running back clearly playing defense, and he's got decent stats. He's got, like, one solo tackle, three assists, four total tackles, so... You got a running back playing defense or two running backs. You got Barley. That's insane to me. Uh, but if you look at the defense, I mean, obviously linebackers are always going to get you what you want. But three DBs have three interceptions the first two games. So when it comes to Timmy and it comes to making sure you protect the football, because again, at the end of the day, in his first season, he had seven interceptions. That's going to need to get limited for at least the five or six games that you play. I think it's worth noting not putting the ball in danger, sending some deep balls, but not putting it against, you know, three, four guys, which John Rice did in the first week against Kent State. It'll be very interesting because, again, I think this defense, Villanova's defense, has proven that they are decent. I mean, they limit, whenever you limit a team to 10 points or 17 points, whatever it is, you clearly show that against the competition you're playing, you're way better than them. 
Granted, I don't think they're going to be walking in here against our offensive line and being able to tackle Timmy or really get to him. And if they are, that's you know a question mark after the game. We need to talk about the O-line. But I think decision-making is going to be key for Timmy this game. Really proving to UCF fans, listen, I'm not the USF redshirt freshman. I'm the, I guess, redshirt sophomore, which I was kind of surprised to read that. I thought junior. But I'm the redshirt sophomore, Timmy McLean who is now your starter and has really made leaps and bounds these next couple, these last couple years to come into this situation. And this is what I was recruited for. Like, we were kind of surprised. Like, why are you recruiting this guy? You have a bunch of quarterbacks on the roster. I mean, Castellanos is at Boston College kind of rubbing his, you know what, to Holy Cross. Not the, t- not, not the school to do it, but uh, then you got Mikey Keene lighting it up at Fresno. So it's a perfect situation for Timmy to come in, and I know this is basically a Timmy McLean podcast, but at the end of the day, he's the guy that we're going to be really, if it's a win or a loss, he's going to be the guy now. So it's, you're getting thrown to the fire in the first season, and it's regardless of what you do, good or bad, if you light a stinker against Villanova and we win, then there's not going to be much confidence heading into K-State, Tyler. Yeah, this game, it's a lot of lights, a lot of attention just on Timmy McLean. It's its kind of finding a balance between playing this game as if you are playing a Kansas State and playing this game like I was talking about earlier to try to get Timmy comfortable and taking advantage of the lesser opponent in Villanova compared to a Big 12 schedule and trying to get his confidence up because there's different levels to it. You can... Go versus Kansas State, you're not going to be allowed as many deep balls, most likely, compared to Villanova. More quick hitters, more precision, safer, if you will, with a sprinkle of let's take a chance here. Whereas Villanova, you're going to get to take more chances. And again, that can be beneficial for Timmy. Or if he's making mistakes on big-time plays versus Villanova, then what is it going to be versus Kansas State? So that's why I'm not – there are going to be critiques after this game. There are going to be, why are we only beating Villanova by this much? Or why is our offense uh, punting the ball this many times in the first quarter? Whatever it is, there's going to be struggles offensively. Most likely, Tim McLean is not going to go out and play a perfect game. But it's all about – this is the prime example of progression – it's more about progression and less of what's up there on the scoreboard at the end. Now, UCF should still win this game. Don't get me wrong. But if it's a tighter game than what we expect or what the spread might indicate, we don't need to be in a frenzy. World's on fire. What are we going to do? Yeah, I was trying to find the spread on Bet Online for this game because I feel like now is the perfect time to make our predictions. I will say, Kansas State versus Missouri. I hope Kansas State wins this game just because, again, it'd make it that much I, that much better going in each 3-0 and into the week we played. Um, as I look for the spread, Tyler, yes. I will say, some of the people online clearly are not that confident in a blowout. I saw a lot of 27-13s, to 24-10s. I was kind of shocked, to be honest, because, again... I liked what I saw from Timmy against Kent State. I mean, you got two touchdowns and the two drives. I feel like Kent State, no offense to Villanova. Kent State, I feel like, might be better than Villanova. At least, I, I mean, they're FBS, I guess. So it's like, 
what's your sense on this game? As I look for this spread, if I can even find this spread, they probably don't want anybody betting on this spread, but kind of what's your sense on the game? Kind of give your final score prediction and and what you kind of expect to see from this night's team in a sold out, sold out FBC mortgage stadium against a Villanova team, which kudos to UCF fans. I hope I see every seat filled first of all, but kudos to to Night Nation for filling out that stadium against an inferior opponent like that. Night Nation showing out and Villanova, they had 5,000 fans at their game versus Colgate last week. The bounce house holds about 45. So that's this is an instant shock factor for Villanova. They're not used to playing in environments that hold that many people, period. And then the bounce house, we like to have the rep of a hard and difficult place to play. You have quarter Desmond Ritter, NFL quarterback, saying – the toughest place to play when he was at Cincinnati was right here in Orlando at the bounce house. So go and let Villanova feel all of that. As far as UCF score, I feel good about UCF defense. Uh, I think I could see Villanova sneaking out a bad touchdown, a quick lapse um, on UCF. I still don't think they hit, they score more than 10 points. So I'll give them 10 and then, but I also wouldn't be surprised if this is another six point game, two field goals or something. Cause again, once they're in the red zone, they don't convert at a high rate. UCF wise, all Timmy, not all Timmy has to do, but to score 30 points, if Timmy can just get the ball in the right places and not try to do too much, let our skill players make plays happen, like we saw versus Kent State, we saw RJ Harvey. On a, on a nice little wheel go from the backfield, catch the ball, wide open space, beat one safety, and then he was gone. Those type of plays can happen. So don't think just because it's a new quarterback and we don't have JRP that UCF is going to go out there and score 21 points. I still think they can put up points. I'm going to go for final prediction, 38-10. to 10. I think it's still a big win for UCF. I think offensively they can still put up that close to 40 marker. They get over the... Uh, the struggles last week, yeah, we still put up a ton of yards. We just had three turnovers inside the red zone. That was deflating. So, again, you add those three turnovers to the 18 points the UCF scored inside the red zone, say two of those are touchdowns, and you're right up around 30 to 35 points. So I think that they can rebound from that and the turnovers in the red zone. And, again, they're going to creep up to that 40 mark. See, you're right spot on. That was one of the – laziest takes this past week that I've been hearing from people is how shaky UCF's offense is. I think what made the game so frustrating was UCF moved the ball at will. Like there was no time where you felt like UCF won't be able to move the ball. They had five, like I said it, UCF had 530 yards of total offense. The week before Washington had 568. Like, everybody was acting, oh my gosh, Washington might be, like, one of the top teams in the nation. Okay, UCF, granted, I get Taylor Green went out. But again, you didn't get a sense that Boise was moving the ball at will on us. We let Boise score less points than Washington allowed. Granted, it was only three. And on top of that, UCF had 30 less yards. And I get Washington put up 59 points. We put up 18. So I'm not trying to, like say UCF is a Washington level right now. But at the end of the day, if UCF converts in the red zone, and I get it to what if, UCF converts in the red zone, the, the conversations we're having are 
much different. It's like, okay, we blew out Boise. Right. I had a guy, I think it's a Boise fan, clearly by his comment, but he said, curious about the multiple false starts in the final drive that weren't called. You were right. Marcellus Marshall needs to clean the, the jumps up because he was a little jumpy on that final drive. You are correct. And the tight end that went out of bounds and was the first player to catch it to get a first down, didn't see that. I'm glad it was a close game, but you can't say they aren't on the same level as you guys. I said, with all due respect in the world of Boise, UCF had 530 yards. The turnovers that UC have, UCF had were ones that Boise created. Like, they weren't on the same level as UCF. There's a lot of teams that aren't going to be on the same level. Now, once you get into the Big 12 play, it's going to be more even. Again, no offense to Boise. UCF hurt UCF. It wasn't Boise. Like, the coach after the game was saying, like, I'm so proud of our defense creating those. And I'm like, I mean, maybe the, the Kobe Hudson one, but the Kobe, right. the Kobe Hudson one, it was in his hands. The DB was on his back, but it's not like the DB knocked the ball up. And then the Javon one, again, that was just, again, mental error. And then every other time, it was a holding to bring the offense back 10 yards or whatever. I know we all know this, but that kind of leads into my prediction. The offense is fine. We'll get to K-State. Like, let's see how Timmy does against a team he's supposed to light up. We'll see the accuracy, see how it looks. Timmy can also run. So it's now he's not JRP fast, but he's quick and he's elusive. But to say that UCF and some of these some of this point scores are 14 points, and I, I hope I'm not eating my words on this because I'll look like an idiot on Monday or whenever we post. I agree with you. I'm kind of looking at this as a 52 to I'll say 52 to 17. I'll say 52 17. I'll give credit to their offense. I guess they're decent. I'll say 52-13. No, 52-13. I, I, I can't give myself two touchdowns in a field goal. Two. I could see one, again, a touchdown. One by and then two field goals. One yeah, and two field goals. A Villanova touchdown, I want to say confidently, is not, isn't happening because of a great Villanova play design or a great Villanova play. It's because of a defensive brain fart, which we cannot put that past UCF to have defensive brain farts. In the biggest games, in the smallest games, it's something that happens with UCF football. And it's something that we just have to live with and fight through. So I can see one happening, but I can't see two happening in this game for two Boise touchdowns. And if they don't give up a touchdown, like they, they didn't give up one in Kent State. If they don't give up a touchdown, I mean, again, I think we were saying this last year too with the defense. And the defense really didn't let us down all year when you think about it. Only in like a couple games. But... If they don't give up a touchdown, regardless of the opponent, that's still pretty impressive. I mean, you look at the top teams in in the nation, when they play inferior opponents, they don't give up much. I mean, if you give up one touchdown, like you usually see against like Ohio State playing a cupcake, they'll score a touchdown and Ohio State will be losing. And then you'll look back and it's 59 to 7. So it's like against those teams, it's like if you give up one, okay, don't give up another. So I'll say 52 to 13. I don't see any drop off. I don't obviously think, I think John Rice is, again, the perfect quarterback for this offense. But I'm intrigued to see how Timmy can sling it. I think there's a, there should be a lot of confidence in Timmy McLean's passing ability. And I don't think there's going to be much of a drop off. It's going to be the same plays, same offensive calls. It's going to look very similar. It's just going to be a different number under center. And who knows? Like, again, if anything, this should give UCF fans 
a curiosity factor because at the end of the day, that might be your starter next year. As of right now, that is technically your starter next year for all the Dylan Risk lovers. And you know, like, I'm a Dylan Risk fan. I think he's going to be really good. But like Tyler said earlier, we have not seen any of these people, of these players, play football on the practice field. The people that have press credentials, which me and Tyler, surprisingly, are not one of them. We don't get credentials. We, The people that are even credentialed were not allowed into practice. They didn't get to see Dylan Risk. They didn't get to see Timmy McLean. So we're going to be seeing for the first, well, no, second time on Saturday what kind of quarterbacks we have. And I'm excited to see Dylan Risk because I'm assuming he's going to go out there unless for some reason, again, we're in a barn burner. But who knows, guys? Very interesting stuff. I'm glad that it can be somewhat of a not stressful week. And I hope that the the post game is not stressful because I'd rather just have a chill post game and then stress out for the pregame for K-State because that's kind of the one where it's like, oh, crap. Okay, like we're kind of starting now. This is the time where we need to kind of live up to the name, live up to the expectation. But Tyler, final thoughts. We'll see if you can get on the post game. Because that'll be interesting. We'll both. Are you going to the game on Saturday? I feel like you're going to go to the game. I am going to a college football game. It is not UCF. Oh, you're going to go to Tampa. You slick. No, no. Okay, I'm that's not going good. To Tampa. Come on now. No, I'm heading up to Gainesville. I'm I'm going to catch out, catch up with our old buddy Josh Heupel and see how the Gators uh, do against uh, the balls. This was this was the game. The timing worked out perfect. Free tickets. Don't get to long distance with the girlfriend. She's going up, and it's a chance to hang out. So, um, a chance to go to some SEC football. Love UCF. I love. We'll see what the Big Twelve environment is. The American was not the SEC. I stand by that. I still love UCF. Um, so yeah, I'll be checking it out. Probably not hopping on post game, but I will be watching this game, but uh, horn to horn at some point. It might be on Sunday. It might be on Monday. I will be watching this game before I start to mentally prepare for Kansas State. Yeah, don't feel bad. Uh, I don't want to throw Nick Geddes under the bus to our lovely fans here. Nick Geddes will not be going to the game either. He is going to Alabama versus the other school. I won't name them either because I guess we're not doing that anymore. Uh, but he's going to there because I guess, surprisingly, t- Tyler, you know how much those tickets are right now? To go to see Alabama, I, I, get, mean, it to, I get it's the other school. But like, do you know how much those tickets are? Uh, they got to be. I mean, I feel like they're next to nothing because the. I mean, I would think at school, least at least like thirty, forty bucks. I it's was still thinking Alabama. like around twenty because you can't fill up Raymond James for <laughs> the other team's game for anything, That's even true. Alabama. So I'm probably I'm gonna guess twenty bucks. Yeah, ten dollars, ten yeah. bucks. Yeah. But again, in my head, I told Nick, I'm like. Dude, like you got like let's he's been hyping up Timmy McLean for since he transferred. So I'm like, dude, this is your time. Let's go. And he's like, I might be going to this. I'm like, that's awful. But I also he's like, it's 10 bucks. I'm like, have fun. Yeah. Have fun seeing potential former or uh oh, I'm not even gonna say it. I'm not even gonna say it. I don't want UCF fans to get riled up if I say what I was gonna say. So I'm not gonna say it. I will tell you after. But All right. just know that if the thing that I think happens, happens, I will be playing this back in like five months and saying this is what I meant to say. But again, not going to get into it. All right, guys. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to Charge On. We appreciate all the support. 
as always. And we will be back, I don't know, Sunday or Monday. A new episode will get posted. We record Saturday night anyway. So either Sunday or Monday, you'll get your Villanova post game and kind of looking ahead to K-State. All right, everybody, this has been Charge On, presented by Bet Online. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.